Hello, and welcome to the Hope Brooklyn Weekly Sermon Podcast. Hope Brooklyn is a community of faith in Brooklyn, New York, that believes wherever you are in your spiritual journey, there's room at the table. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's sermon. All right. Welcome, everyone, again. I feel bad being the guy cutting off some good conversations happening, Um, but... uh, we're in Brooklyn, so we, we still got time to make brunch um, after service, <laughs> a lot of good places afterwards. Um, my name is Bryant, I'm um, one of the pastors here at Hope Brooklyn, and um, I hate being hyped up because I'm all about low expectations, and then maybe, um, but thanks Greg for uh, the warm welcome back. Um, I am the slacker of the group. Uh, <laughs> I, I, my wife and I, Christy, we've been on sabbatical for two months at Hope Brooklyn has just so graciously gifted to us. And that's one of the things I love about being part of this community and this church that we believe in rest, right? And so um, it was a great time. It wasn't just vacationing time. It was definitely a time to just retune in with God and to be able to just really tap into his heart. Um, and so we're, good to, we're glad to be back. I'm glad to be back in this space. Um, this is originally not our home as Hope Brooklyn. We've been kind of nomads uh, for the past year and a half, um, but we're so excited to be here and it's so good to see faces that are, um, you know, who've been here before I even started being part of Hope Brooklyn and then people who were here for the first time and the first day. Um, and as we were worshiping, I uh, had like a single teardrop as we were singing the goodness of God. Um, and, but then the teardrop fell when I heard Dave's voice <laughs> saying, yeah. Um, so if you don't know, Dave Santos, he's part of our council. And um, I was like, man, I missed that sound. <laughs> um, you don't get that when you're preaching in front of a camera. So um, I'm pumped to be back and be able to share the word. And um, we're just glad to have you here with us. Um, so if you don't know, um, this is our first back to like weekly services. Um, we've been in this space once a month. Yeah, you can give a shout out for that. Um, so we're, we're going to be in this space week to week, so you don't have to wait for the next month announcement. Um, so you can register for next week's today. I'm saying that in faith that it's up in Planning Center. So Greg, uh, if it's not, you know, I know you got babies to take care of, but... <laughs> Um, so we're glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. And we're continuing our series that Greg launched us into um, last week, talking about um, wisdom and the call of wisdom. And I think right now in our generation, we really need um, this definition of wisdom to be able to navigate through all the complexities of life. Um, there are complexities of conversations, tough conversations, uh, the complexities of how, how do we move forward coming out of this pandemic and still sort of being in the midst of this pandemic, right? Um, how do we love our neighbors, but also, you know, we're, we're be safe and protect each other? It's just, it's a very difficult time for us, not just as individuals, but also as a church, right? Um, it, is it wise to start having a weekly services today, right? To be in person. So a lot of these things are, you know, difficult tasks. And we wanted to launch into the series because we really believe that we need to tap into the wisdom of God. Uh, more than anything else. And for those of us who are not Christians, you, you may think, you know, it's just, that's foolishness, right? Like just, there, if there is no God, what are we tapping into? What wisdom are we calling from, right? Um, and we're, I'm going to unpack a little bit about why wisdom is so crucial um, as a part of our lives, why God's wisdom is also distinct and unique um, to those who believe in him. And so um, if you'll permit me, can we just, can I just pray to open us up? Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this season. We thank you for this time, even through all the challenges and difficulties. 
Um, it just feels like just one crisis after another that this world, we're just, we're just, we're just kind of just walking through day to day, just journeying. Um, but Father, at this moment right now, we ask for your, your spirit, your presence to speak to us. Um, speak into our hearts that are skeptical. Speak into our hearts that are cynics. Um, and God, I pray that we may desire to seek your wisdom and to see the beauty of your call to wisdom. Um, so help us today and um, just let us draw a little bit closer to you. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So I wanted to just open up and just for us just to imagine, take a moment to think, tap into some embarrassing moments of our most recent foolish act, right? Our most, you know, whether it's foolish behavior or, you know, we got scammed recently, like whatever, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true cynic at heart. Um, Lord, I need you, right? Everything's a scam to me, right? If everything, if everything is too good, it's a scam, right? Um, so, you know, the telemarketer's calling in, right? Um, anything. And then, so think, think back onto those moments where we're like, we just felt that feeling of just being fooled, right? Being scammed. It's just like, it's one of the most like, I can't even explain it properly. I just feel, it feels gross, right? And I remember as a young kid, um, I know trading cards are back, and this is just the confession. I'm, I'm a big-time nerd. Um, I'll be at Comic-Con in October. Um, so, yeah. And anybody going, let me know. I'll see you there, all right? I, I'm not dressing up, but. <laughs> um, but I'm a big-time nerd, and as a young kid, I collected cards. And I, I remember I, I, was, I used to collect Magic the Gathering cards, and this older guy was like, hey, let's make a trade, right? And, you know, when, when you're younger, you think quantity is better than quality, right? So this guy offered me, like, 20 cards for this one card. And I was like, sure, like, you were a fool. Like, why would you make this trade, right? Later on, I found out the card that I traded him was of uh, real value. <laughs> um, and somehow my mom caught whiff of it, right? And then she, like, called the kid down and was like, it's like, you need to trade this back, <laughs> Right? And I remember at the moment, like, it was like zero to 100. I felt so happy, so excited that I had 20 cards. And then once I found out that I got scammed, my heart just sank, right? And even as adults, we experience these moments, right? Whether it's a bad deal, a bad investment, right? Um, you know, obviously it has darker tones sometimes as we get older. Um, business partners that, you know, didn't turn out to be the type of person we thought they were, right? And we, 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 get, we get caught into these moments of feeling foolish, and nobody likes that feeling. But here's the, here's, the, here's the odd thing. Wisdom, we only seek wisdom once we've been fooled, right? Like, I'm, oh, you're never going to get me again, right? And so I'm the type that I always want to know the most, Right? I need to know value of everything right? before I even purchase something. I do a deep dive research, right? Like if you're on Craigslist, I will know your mother's maiden name. You know, like I will you know, dig deep and do everything I can to prevent myself from being fooled because that feeling, you never want to feel it again. But the rest of the day and the rest of the time, we don't really seek much of wisdom, Right? We might seek power, we might seek, you know, monetary, you know, security, like, there's all comfort, all these things that we seek, but then, you know, I don't really wake up in the morning and be like, today, I'm going to pursue wisdom. And the, the, the way I look at wisdom and knowledge is this, you could have a lot of knowledge, but still make foolish decisions, right? Like, I know people that could just name me all the facts, <laughs> right, everything, and break down everything, 
but then they won't know how to apply that truth and that knowledge. And in most cases, we make foolish decisions not because we're not informed, but it's because we don't seek it and seek to apply it well, right? For me, like I'm trying to eat healthier, but for some reason at 12 p.m., that leftover slice of pizza just looks really good, right? Anyone fan of cold pizza? I love cold pizza. I know some of you might think I'm crazy. My wife thinks I'm crazy. She's like, she always asks, do you want me to microwave it? Right? I'm like, you know me. <laughs> I love cold pizza, right? See, I know, I, I know the truth that this is not good for me, but for some reason I just can't apply the wise decision to not eat it, right? Or even in marriages, I know I need to love my spouse, right? I made that vow, but oftentimes we don't make the wise decision to put them first. So it, 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 there's all these cases that I could go on and on and on. And we're going to be spending time in Proverbs 9 today. So if you have your phone, your Bible app, Google, um, I'll, I'm going to have some pieces up on the screen. But I'm going to be able to just walk through this a little bit. Um, there's a lot happening in Proverbs 9. But there's, a, there's, a, there's one parallel I want to focus on. Because here's the thing. There's an invitation from wisdom, but there's also an invitation from folly. They are both calling us at the same time. There are two doors. Or any Matrix fans, there are two pills, right? I'm so excited for the next sequel to come out. Please don't disappoint Keanu. All right, so I'm a nerd. Um, Proverbs 9. So let me read 1 through 6. So this is the call of wisdom. Okay, this is the call of wisdom. It says, wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. And here's this call that I want us to focus on. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. So I just want to pause on that word simple, because I know sometimes that has a lot of negative connotations. Like if you call someone simple-minded, right, it's not the greatest thing. Um, but this word simple doesn't mean, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a pro or con. It's simply an individual that has not been shaped or formed by foolishness or wisdom. It's a blank slate. So if you can imagine the scene, wisdom, she is calling. She is sending her servants out. She has prepared the table. She is a table host. Hint, hint. All right? Table starting up. All right? <laughs> so... She is calling people, to, you know, she has her food ready, she has the wine. It's, just, it's a beautiful scenery, right? The highest point of the city. I'm not going to go into the seven pillars and stuff like that. There's all these commentaries, but it's just, just seven pillars, all right? Um, and it says, leave your simple way and come and experience wisdom and life. It's a beautiful scene. And then jumping to verse 13 to 18, it says, folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. See, it's the same call. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. That is a frightening scene. But see this parallel of the calling. They're both on the high points of the city and they're calling out for people. But the way that wisdom is calling out is she is sending people, sending her servants. And there's preparation that's been done. There's a table that's been set. Folly is just literally just sitting at the high point and be like, hey, you, 
right? It's true New York City apartment style, right? Just from like the 20th floor, what are you doing? Right? Just like yelling out old school style. It's just, it's just, it's just loud. Just yelling at people. And it's interesting because it says she's calling out to people who are walking straight. It's not just those who are wandering. She sees the people walking on the straight path and says, come. But Lady Wisdom, it's different. It says, come eat and walk in the way of insight. There's life to it. And the thing about folly is that it looks very enticing in the beginning. Right? Otherwise, everyone would be wise. Right? If foolishness you know, really looked terrible and undesirable, all of us in this room would be the wisest person. Right? Why would we want that? But the way that folly and foolishness is packaged is there's, there's something sweet to it, something attractive, there's something desirable. It draws us in. But ultimately, even folly admits, isn't this interesting? It says, but little do they know that the dead are there, that our guests are deep in the realm of the dead, that anyone that has walked into the door, into the path, has been invited in by folly, there's death. Whether that's, you know, just a momentary feeling of death of just like, like I said, being fooled or scammed, that gross feeling inside, right? That's probably the closest I can explain to it. Or is it a long-term thing that we just, it builds up regret? That one bad decision that we made, that financial decision, that relationship, that relational decision, moving somewhere, a job, right? I don't know what it is, but maybe that regret and that guilt sits with us. See, that is death. That's what foolishness brings. That's what folly brings. And we, we think wisdom is just to avoid pain and to avoid suffering, but it's so much more than that. That when the call for wisdom comes, she is promising something greater than just not making bad decisions. And this type of wisdom isn't like the wisdom of, you know, we kind of label the series like living the good life, right? This isn't, you know, if we choose wisdom, all our investments are going to triple by the time we walk out, right? All the careers that we chose are going to trajectory to the top, right? That's not what it's talking about. Wisdom here is saying, hey, how can you navigate through the difficulties of life, in the midst of that pain and suffering? How do we apply the truth that we know? See, a lot of times we struggle with the truth. And even those who are Christians, we struggle with the truth because the truth, we know that God loves us. But when we make some decisions that we feel like are, you know, like, we, well, we can't, I can't show my face to him, right? Have you guys ever had those moments, you know, not, not even of God, maybe even people, Right? You've done something to harm somebody else, maybe unintentionally, hopefully unintentionally. And like, oh, I can't, I can't confront that person. I can't have that conversation with that individual. It's too hard. It's too difficult. See, we know this truth that God loves us. We know the truth, right? We, you know, I, at least for me, I've been in Sunday school ever since I can remember, right? My mom gave birth and the doctor's like, you know, for, you know, for a few weeks, keep the baby at home. I was like, no. Going to church, right? right? Um, you know, I see some babies at a cafe. I'm like, you were just born yesterday, right? That's that's exactly probably how my mom brought me to church, right? I memorized the scripture. The only trophy I really own, aside from the whole basketball tournament, all right? Woo, all right. I'm that one guy that's just vicariously living through that one win. Um, but the only other trophy I really have is for memorizing scripture, right? 
so I, I know I, I know the truth, right? I know for God so loved the world, he, he gave his one and only son. I know this. But when, in moments of shame and darkness and pain, I don't know how to apply that truth. That wisdom is vacant. So here, this is what Lady Wisdom is offering in Proverbs 9. Discerning, knowing how to choose wisdom. Because right? it's not so much when you look at two doors and you're like, all right, well, this one clearly says death and this one says life. I mean, a cynic in me would be like, they're, they're tricking me, right? But one says death, one says life, right? Clearly labeled, clearly visible. And it's not like, oh, you know what? Death looks good. It's because they both look like life. But wisdom is knowing which one it is. Without looking deeper into it, it's a, it's a, it's a supernatural insight that God has gifted us through his spirit. That's what wisdom is. That's how we discern. And I'm going to get to the practical, so what? Like, okay, what do we do once we walk out of here, right? I'm going to get to that. But one thing, I want to, a quote I want to put up by um, a commentator. He says this. We're just talking about folly. Her proverb is deceptive, for in fact, she invites her victims to a feast, toasting death. I read that, and I got chills. <laughs> right? Can you just imagine <laughs> eating at this fancy banquet? And then finally, the host goes up to give the toast to death. <laughs> Right? It's like very like 300 Spartan, you know, Spartan style. But it's like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I thought we were here celebrating, have a good time, joy in life. Right? It's like to, to death. To your foolishness. And here's the hard part of foolishness. Sometimes it's this long web. This long line of entrapment. We don't know how to get out. We're stuck in it. Maybe it's that one lie that we told on our resume. Right? I always have friends that talk about how they kind of hyped up their LinkedIn. They get the job, like, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> we, we, we get trapped in those lies. And we don't know how to get out. And so we keep digging deeper. That's folly. That's tunnel. That's, that's, that's the pit of death. But the beauty of wisdom is this. Um, in John 10. Because see... Jesus is wisdom personified. His wisdom actually got him killed. <laughs> he was way too wise for the Pharisees to see the law. See, the Pharisees saw the law very one-dimensionally. You obey it or you're out. But Jesus showed a whole new way to see the law. That the law wasn't there to, you know, be a check mark for others. But a lo the law was there so that we can experience true and everlasting life, the good life. And in John 10, he says this, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That is the intention of wisdom. That is the intention of the wisdom of Jesus, that we can have a life and have it to the full, not just a piece of it, not just enough to get through day by day, but to have it to the fullness. And foolishness is like the thief in the night to come and they just want to come and destroy. They know what they're doing. Death knows what it's doing. But Jesus, come seek me. Seek my truth. Look at what I have said and know what wisdom is because it will give you life. Going back to the idea of applying knowledge and wisdom. For many of us in this room, hopefully, maybe we've seen moments of injustice. 
moments of brokenness where things are not right. Have you ever felt that? Whether somebody cuts you in line at the coffee shop, right? Cuts you off on the road. <laughs> they don't hold the door for you as you're running to the train, right? We, we, we've experienced moments of injustice. Maybe moments of racism. Maybe moments of exclusion. Maybe not to us, but we've seen it happen to others. And we're like, that's not right. See, we could have that knowledge and truth knowing that that is not right. Because you know what that is? That is a common grace of God. Saying everyone was created in his image. There's dignity and life to every human being. We, we know that. And in the pit of our spirits and our hearts, we know that. But a lot of times, we don't know how to apply that truth to the world. Sometimes we just fall in order to the way the world reacts to it. But there is, see, wisdom teaches and helps us. How can we apply that truth? How can we be people that fight injustice, speak out for injustice in a way that's unique to the world? Right? We don't just hop on anything any, that we see, the first thing we see on social media. Right? The, the most common thing that's being said and spoken, the most viral clip. But we sit and we think wisdom. God, give us wisdom on how to navigate this. Because see, without wisdom, we'll be advocates of that. We'll be loud voices, but in the end, there will really be no action in our day-to-day. How do we affirm and love somebody else? Right? How do we really help those who are vulnerable? How does that happen in real time? See, that's wisdom being applied. Another situation can be we know that God loves us and we know that God loves others. But moments when we feel like there's so much shame and regret, we don't know how to get out of it. We just hide. And we see this in Adam and Eve, right, even from the beginning. Adam and Eve knew that the apple that was offered to them was evil. I mean, God explicitly said it, right? Everything is yours. Just don't eat from that tree. And Eve does. She pursued the call of folly. See, Satan invited her in, invited Adam in, and they fell for it. And what happens? They hide. They hide from God, which I always find is a, such a unique thing to hide from God. It's like you are the worst person at hide and seek, right? It's like we know, God knows where you are, right? And God even asks the question, where are you? And when we experience foolishness and moments of regret, and maybe some of us are already thinking of what we've done, and that feeling is coming back, what I want to encourage you today is wisdom is calling you out from that, from darkness into light, and saying, come to Jesus. Because here's the truth, he will forgive. And he has the power to forgive. And not just to forgive, but he has the power to set us free from that spiral of foolishness and death. We have this call, we have this invitation. How will we accept it? And there's, a, uh, there's another quote I want to share. Unfortunately, I don't know who said this, it was just deep in my notes from in the past. And I know for a fact, I did not say this. I'm not this wise. <laughs> My wife was typing up the slide. She's like, was this you? I was like, definitely not. <laughs> um, it says this. Jesus' wisdom 
subverts the normalcy of life. It challenges the norm. See, just because we think it looks good doesn't mean that we jump on it, right? Even in First John, it says, test the spirits. Everything I'm saying here today, test it, right? Don't just be like, oh, he's, uh, he's a pastor, assuming everything he says is correct, right? No, not in an evil, malicious way, right? Like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. I hope I do. Spent some time studying, but, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I hope you test what I'm saying right, for yourself, and not just be like, you know, I'm going to just try this out, try out this method, but really sit with God, because here's the amazing thing, the Holy Spirit can speak to you directly, right, the way that God has spoken to me, he can speak to you, in your car ride, in the train ride, in your walk, in your time with the scriptures, it is, we have the same Holy Spirit, I just have four years of Bible college, that's it, right, and a little bit of Greek, right? <laughs> but this is, this is how the Holy Spirit moves. It's not just through one person. It's not through one pastor. It's not through an individual. He speaks through the people. That's the church. It's the collective body. The church is never meant to have a single name or a single person. So test it. Take what Jesus is saying and don't just jump on whatever one pastor, one Christian is saying. Test if it's good. And God will grant us the wisdom to be able to apply that in ways that will bring life. Because here's the thing. The wisdom and the scripture, it's not there so that we can just live a good life. It's so that we can bring the good life. How do we bring the kingdom of God in a time that is broken? How do we help someone in a moment of grief see the beauty of God? That's wisdom. When all we experience, well, when all we see around us is grief and death, how can we come and say Jesus is good, right? Maybe the best method isn't smile, God still loves you, right? No, there, there are ways for us as Christians to A, navigate through our own lives through wisdom, but also to bring the good life to those around us, to our neighborhoods. How do I love my neighbor well? My, my neighbor really doesn't like me. All right, I don't know what I did, just really doesn't like me, right? But how can I have the wisdom to show that I love them? My coworkers, they, they are so like adamant, they don't want to hear anything about Jesus. Maybe the wisdom, the calling of wisdom isn't to just preach more and to show more scripture, but maybe it's to show the radical generosity that Jesus has shown us. Who knows? The ways of Jesus and his wisdom flips the world upside down. That, that's the call of the Beatitudes that we see in Matthew. Blessed are the mourn. What? That's not wise. <laughs> that's foolishness. And those who don't know Jesus will see our methodology and the way that Christians behave as foolishness. Don't take care of that person. They're going to just squander it. They're going to just hurt you again. Don't forgive that person. Remember what they did to you? Now, my call is to love and forgive them. Maybe I need to make wiser decisions on how to love them, but my call is to love them. Maybe someone has said something to us that is just so against our core beliefs, but that is also a son and daughter of God. So how do I navigate those difficult spaces and conversations? That's wisdom. And that is what Jesus is calling us to. And if I could invite the uh, worship team 
So today, the so what, how do we gain this wisdom? I'm going to be honest, it's not by just showing up on Sundays, right? Because the way God moves is so much greater than what we're experiencing here. The best place to start is the scriptures. What, 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 what does the word of God have to say, right? Sometimes the revelation and the wisdom is very clear. I struggled for years, like, God, and I said this prayer, God, do I forgive my dad? Do I forgive my dad for abandoning me, abandoning our family, putting us through all the hardships? Do I forgive him? And see, the wisdom is, is an obvious yes, because <laughs> Jesus has forgiven us for so much more. And Jesus has forgiven him the cause to forgive. Now I need to seek scripture and say, God, how do I forgive? How do I call him? What do I say? Right? I'm still trying to navigate that space right now. I'm in relationship with him now. We talk. But I'm still navigating the hurt. Spend time in the word. It will reveal to you. I mean, we're reading through Proverbs right now. Uh, we're reading through Lamentations. We're going to be reading through Job, Psalms. I mean, those are Ecclesiastes. These are wisdom literatures. Read through them. But also read the life of Jesus because he's seeking, calling us out. Follow me. Jesus saying, follow my wisdom. See how I have loved. See the people that I have loved and called out to. And let me show you, how, let me just explain one more time how foolish his call and his wisdom is. When he called his disciples, he didn't go to the temples and the schools and the academies. He didn't go to find the most religious people. He walked alongside the sea and found some random fishermen. Right? If, if I'm starting a church, right, I'm not just walking down, you know, Atlantic Ave, just finding some random people. I'm gonna, I, would, I would be going to the universities, right, finding the most premier speakers, right? But Jesus is like, no, I'm going to show you another way. Spend time in the Word. See who Jesus is for yourself. See what he teaches. Don't just take the words of, my, of what I'm saying or what other people are saying. Read the Word for yourself. Stop the second hand. Get it directly from the source. Secondly, find counsel. Find friends. Find leaders. Find mentors. And I didn't go through all of Proverbs 9, but there's a big portion on what it talks about teachability. It says, don't even teach someone that is stubborn. You're only going to hurt yourself. Be teachable. Find people and surround yourself with people. If you don't have them, seek them. They might not have all the answers, but they'll collectively, you'll be able to see dimensions and parts of God that you won't be able to see on your own. Seek that counsel. And then pray. I know it sounds very simple, <laughs> but have we applied it? See, we know, oh, I should pray. <laughs> Wisdom is spending time in prayer, applying that knowledge. And also, um, I know Greg's going to make a mention of it, but one thing that we're gonna, we always have and we had when we met in person is we have a prayer team and they'll stick around after service to be able to pray for you. Take advantage of that. You know, whatever God is speaking to you about right now in your heart, whatever's stirring, don't just walk out with it. Spend time. The prayer team's here for you. And as we close, can we just take a moment just to pray as I, as I end on that note? Maybe there are situations and things in our life right now we need a lot of help navigating spaces of pain, of grief, of struggle, of maybe we're at crossroads, decisions. 
Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, to help us to see with clarity. And I'm going to be honest, even if there's some obscurity and some cloudiness, God will grant you peace in those moments of wisdom. So if we can, just take a moment to pray. It's just us talking to God. Take advantage of it. He hears you. He sees you. He's here right now. His presence is dwelling with us. His spirit is with us. Seek wisdom. Wisdom is calling out to us to come sit at the table with our teacher, counselor, Jesus Christ.